HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Castor and Pollux, maker of America's number one organic pet food, Organics. Look for their newest line, Pristine, the only complete line of pet food made with responsibly sourced ingredients. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org slash pets. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to Japan Eats. I'm your host, Akiko Dema, food writer and director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from a studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every deli in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. And my guest today is Mina Newman, who is the co-executive chef at Rock, together with Taku Nagai of Sensakana, a beautiful Japanese Peruvian restaurant in Midtown, which opened in, in July. And Japanese Peruvian cuisine is called Nikkei, and especially recently, world top chefs are paying attention to this unique cuisine. For instance, Maido restaurant by uh, Mitsuharu Tsumura in Rima ranked number 8 in the world 50 best restaurants in 2017 and uh, Alberto Adria of Elbui opened a podcast in Barcelona and that's attracting customers from all over the world. So today we'll discuss what Nikkei cuisine is, what it, uh, what it is, why it is gaining momentum now and how Mina and Taku express uh, Nikkei cuisine in New York and much much more. But before you start, Japan Eats is available on Heritage Radio Network website, as well as on iTunes and Stitcher as a podcast. So please go to iTunes and Stitcher and subscribe to Japan Eats and write a review. We appreciate your feedback. Also, if you have ideas about, topic of, ideas about topics of the show or show guests, please let us know. You can email us at japaneats at heritageradionetwork.org or kikwatema.com. Now let's start our conversation with Mina Nyuma. Hi, Mina. Welcome to Japanese. 
Hi, thank you for having me. So, uh, so first of all, uh, let's talk about your background. Um, I'm born in New York, born and raised in New York, but my mother is from uh, Peru, from Chiclayo, Peru, the north of Peru. Mm, okay. So, did you spend time in Peru when you grew up? Every summer. Oh, wow. Every, from childhood until I was buying my own ticket to Peru. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's amazing. So, so you, of course, you ate Peruvian local cuisine. Peruvian local cuisine. We were raised very Peruvian. It was every meal. Mm, so your mother cooked Peruvian cuisine? Yes. My mother cooked Peruvian cuisine. I come from a large family, so a woman that helped us also cooked, who was Peruvian, also cooked Peruvian food for us. Interesting. So, so when you say, for instance, you know, when you're eating dinner mm-hmm. in New York, what kind of uh, food was typical? And at your table? At home, a, a lot of um, rice dishes, very heavily rice-based potatoes. Rice and chicken was huge, uh, but not like rotisserie chicken, more of chicken cooked in a green rice sauce. Mm. Uh, that's very typical for us. And then uh, a rice dish component of everything left over in the refrigerator. My mother would make it all and stir-fry for us and give it to us with a fried egg on top. Mm. Um I'm curious, what kind of rice is it? What kind of, uh, it's not like a Japonica or anything. No, it's, it's long not. Rice. It's definitely a long grain rice. Mm, okay. Yeah. And uh, I heard it's thousands of potatoes. In thousands. Peru. Potatoes that haven't been named or discovered yet. Mm. Mm-hmm. So is it imported? I mean, a lot of potatoes, different kind of uh, species imported to New York? or mil- It's certainly not enough. Mm. That. So it's difficult, the... Um, the FDA uh, importation with Peru, there's only certain amounts, certain foods that are imported currently. Mm. So it definitely is uh, a little tricky to get certain Peruvian potatoes or chili peppers, things like that. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty a shame because I went to uh, one of the chef's events mm-hmm. and there is a presentation by a Peruvian chef and he actually brought all those different Absolutely. kinds you of have potatoes. To. Yes. And uh, he really. Well, actually, the audience could eat, uh, you know, pieces Mm -hmm. as well at the end of the presentation. It really tastes so much better. Oh, absolutely. Completely. uh, The terroir is different. And Mm. so it's so minerally and it really has, it's it's incredible. All the different potatoes and they each have a different flavor Mm. versus completely apart from a sweet potato, just potatoes themselves. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, how do you characterize uh, Peruvian cuisine? Peruvian cuisine is very... Um, there's always spice, so and a lot of high acid. We use lime juice, we use onions and garlic, and basically everything we prepare. Mm. And uh, ají, which is our chili pepper. Right. Okay. So acidity and the spices, mm-hmm. the hot heat. Yes, the hot heat. Okay. And uh, so uh, tell us about the background of Taku. He's not here. He, he has right. a lot of busy <laughs> work day today, so right. he couldn't make it today. But he couldn't join us, sir. Yeah. Um, Taku's background? Mm-hmm. Mm, Taku's from... I, we met at Restaurant Otoya, where mm-hmm. he was, and he had been with that corporation for about three years. Okay, so he was born raised in Japan and then came to... In Osaka. Okay. Correct. Right. And he had spent time in Bangkok with mm-hmm. this restaurant. He worked in Japan as well. Mm-hmm. And then he moved here for Otoya to open the first Otoya America. Mm-hmm. And he was there for two years. And then he... went. We became friends. I would go all the time with my colleague and we would have lunch there or, you know, we would have dinner. And uh, I really enjoyed, first off, his rice. The rice was just impeccably cooked, 
the quality of rice was fantastic. The f- overall food was great. Mm. His kushiyakis and this. So you spoke to him. Yeah, and I spoke to him. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and and we just kept in touch. And I always said we were going to open another Japanese restaurant with our restaurant group. Mm. Hold, hold on, hold on. So well, for listeners who doesn't know about Otoya, Otoya is, a, I think there are three restaurants in, I think, branches uh, mm-hmm. in New York City. I right. Think. I think there's so many. And I think in Japan, it's more like a casual and healthy. More fa- yeah. More fast foody or quick casual. Right. But, you know, just depend based on Japanese classic, uh, you know, component of one rice soup, that kind of very healthy. Sure. Right. Style. And then it's exported to New York. And I, I like the place, but I can't get in. I have to wait like yeah. an hour and a half all the time. So I'm not having a dinner, you know, there, lunch or dinner. And I think that the New York concept is has been elevated for this crowd. When they brought Otoya here, they, there's no... Um, they just made a little more fine dining than it normally is in mm. Japan, right? Right. And in Bangkok, it's the same uh, same thing. It's definitely quick casual versus here. It's much more fine dining in Otoya. Mm. Yeah, it's very difficult. It's very busy there. Right. <laughs> it is delicious. Right. But it's just really nice to see one uh, kind of uh, concept elevated to the next level in New York City. Sure. Right? Sure. Because there's a demand for that. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, okay, so that's how you guys met. Mm-hmm. And, but, and you said that you, you decided to open Nikkei restaurant. I mean, you know, with we, him. Right. So he said to me, well, you'll teach me Peruvian food. And I said, okay. Mm-hmm. But we went to Peru. And he fell in love. Completely. Okay. So, so, so the first, you said your company decided uh, to open a Japanese mm-hmm. restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then, then you, you are cooking as a steakhouse chef. Or yeah. I oversee uh, all of our food service. So we have two event spaces where mm-hmm. we only do private events and then a steakhouse in Queens, Christos. Mm-hmm. And so at the Edison Ballroom, we also, oh, I'm sorry, and we also do sushi catering, wholesale catering. Mm-hmm. So the owner wanted to open another restaurant. He wanted to open a Japanese restaurant. And I said, okay, I have the perfect guy. <laughs> right because you wanted to do something with that too so. i wanted to do something with taku mm. and uh and so the uh, we kept doing more research and research i said well let, why don't we do nikkei i've always wanted to do a peruvian restaurant and so this would be a great way mm. for us to work together mm, okay. and so that's how we got to working together and then that's how i never quite growing up understood how soy sauce got to mm into our into our, our house cupboard okay and the pantry I didn't get it and now after doing all my research and going back to Peru you know in as in my career as a chef I get it now mm, because so, of the influence right so to get ready for the opening you mm. went to Peru with taku mm-hmm. we went to Peru with taku we went to Peru with the owners to finally sell it to them that mm. this is a real culture that this doesn't just isn't some sort of fusion. Right. How the, long did you go? Do you stay there? The, the the time we went with the owners, we stayed there about a week. Mm. We ate in 16 restaurants. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> all Nikkei? Yeah, all, no, not all Nikkei. We went to Centra. We went to other restaurants that we... Mm. De- I definitely had to show them that Peruvian food just wasn't what we have the interpretation of in this country. Right. Well, I was going to say because I think, uh, you know, Central by uh, Virgilio Martinez mm-hmm. and also uh, Astridi Gaston. Uh, yes. Gaston Really amazing. Amazing. Best, best chefs of the world. Amazing and just kind, very wholehearted, mm. really good people. But it's interesting. Why do you think uh, Peruvian cu- uh, cuisine is becoming, you know, the big yeah, uh, attraction the yeah. for world gourmet? Mm. 
It's very interesting. I I ask that all the time. I mean, I've always known it was delicious and great. I just don't think it's had its moment. It's time to shine. Mm-hmm. Like, and like any other cuisine, we have to just keep reiterating and putting it out there and other chefs doing it in order for us to really get our spotlight, mm. our time in, in the sun. Right. I see a kind of parallel with the Nordic cuisine. You know, the Nordic mm-hmm. cuisine uh, started by, you know, Noma. And then I think the theme is to be local and sustainable. Sure. And paying attention to what's available from the nature of the country. And I think, you know, the South American cuisine right now also is kind of featuring what's available locally, traditionally. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And then, you know, we're, we are all basing upon our cooking upon how we were raised and what we know these flavors. Mm. And so I feel like Peruvian food has... It's been a warm day where it's not just pollo la brasa. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, well, let's talk about the Nikkei cuisine and how, you know, local and traditional in Peru is. So, by definition, what is Nikkei cuisine? Nikkei cuisine is the food of Japanese people born in Peru. Okay. So, the second gen- the first sec- generation, second generations. Mm. Do you know the history of uh, Japanese people in Peru? They came over, like, 1899, the first a wave of immigrants came over about 1899 19, to 1924. Mm. Um, and so they came over uh, on work contracts. Right. And then they shared, you know, some sort of liberty. And they were there long enough to establish lifestyles. Mm. And they found uh, the co- the economy was booming at that time. And so they felt like this was a place that they can grow and be their own, too. Mm. Okay. And I also heard that, you know, I think uh, it's a... Like whole Chinese immigrants, and then they started to be like some sort of racial problems, and then Absolutely. that filled the Japanese, you know, Jap- Japanese immigrants filled it, and then they got successful in farming, and the second generation started to be more service industry and opening the diners, right? For, Cafes, right? Yeah, yeah, and it started cook uh, Peruvian cuisine. Yes, <laughs> but with with many more Japanese overtones, and and. And the Peruvian, so they were making yakisoba mm. the way they knew and w- with what they had. Right. In the so in, in in Japan, you wouldn't find ahi inside yakisoba. Never there. Never. There isn't. You know? <laughs> There's no and spicy it's not, yakisoba. Yeah, it's not spicy at all. I've often said that Nikkei is you know setting Japanese food on fire, where we add uh, you know lime juice that where the balance is mostly Jap- uh, rice vinegar mm. in Japanese cuisine right. where for us it's lime juice and onions and um and the chili peppers are big base and all different um aspects so there are ahi that is not so spicy and then ahi that is very spicy mm. and there's ones that are smoky and ones that are or, you know, taste more of, uh, have a rich chocolatey flavor. Right. Yeah, I think uh, the spiciness of Japanese cuisine is more like more subtle mm-hmm. or more kind of pointy, right? Like shimmy, yes, you know, shimmy. pepper. Yes, that's absolutely. Or sancho pepper. That can be very spicy, but kind of more elusive. It disappears more sure. quickly. Sure, especially with sancho pepper. You mm. know, it's like boom and then gone. And sashimi is definitely, that's great. That's, we use a lot of that. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's a part of uh, Peruvian cuisine now? <laughs> it is a part of our Nikkei cuisine mm. uh, because we make uh, a rayu with that and we use it so, because the ahi has such a tendency to be so in your face and long, longer lasting where the sashimi doesn't. Mm. So. Right. Interesting. And uh, so, yeah, I was going to say, what was it? Oh, so 
the you know the those people in went to uh, Peru in 1899 and onward. They are not familiar with milk or beef. Right. Because they are religiously avoiding, right? So it must be really hard for them to get adjusted to the local food. And even their stomachs, sure. They're, and we're big on cheese and p- tremendous on milk. But by the same token, to have every meal have rice is very assimilated to what Japanese people were used to. Mm. My grandfather would say, if there was no rice, there's no food. Mm. Right. So there's a connecting point for sure. Of course. Right. So it well, so sounds like so the second generation started to serve food for Peruvian people. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they probably they gradually started to cook um, <laughs> semi-Peruvian, but I think that's kind of a trigger sure. to be more assimilated Absolutely. into Peruvian cuisine. Right. Okay. And uh, so those, those things that the you said the acidity and the spiciness that's the uh, you know Peruvian side, but the Japanese side, what kind of um, elements are seen in Nikkei cuisine in terms of Japanese elements? Well, in, uh, for example, in our, at our restaurant, we, <clears throat> we have dishes that are like the chicken namban. That dish is not normally crusted with quinoa, mm. whereas uh, in Nikkei style, we crust it with the quinoa and we make our sauce, which is a sweet and sour sauce, mm. with a hirokoto and a Japanese black vinegar mm. to right. top it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, I think, uh, for instance, I heard um, the chirito. Tiradito is, mm-hmm, the uh, tiradito. You know, that's, that's very thinly sliced. That is 100% Japanese mm. in Peru. Right. Like, that is the definitive term of what Nikkei is. Okay. So, give me, like, your example. Giving um, you the rigor. The Japan gave Peru the rigor of... They're cooking, mm. you know, very focused, very knife skills, mm-hmm. um, clean, concise, organized. Right. Tiradito is every slice is thin and perfectly si- mm. sliced and with the sauce does not overpower the fish. Right. And okay. uh, ceviche, mm-hmm. another thing they gave us years ago, we would cook in the acid for inf- hours. Mm. So to cook it. Right. But the Japanese came and, you know, we taught us. Mm-hmm. To or we should say we evolved into just allowing it to marinate for even a minute, a few seconds. Mm, because so it's thin, you don't have to. Well, the tiradito it. is thin, but uh, ceviches are cubed or thicker, or thicker okay. chunks of fish. Mm. And so it's not that we don't have to marinate it. We we just marinate less amount of time. It's mm. not necessarily just that you want to cook all the way through. You want it to be marinated. Mm, interesting. So cured more so. Right. So, in other words, Japanese tend to prefer quicker, Le- sweet, fresher. Sure. Yeah, fresher, raw fish, just having more respect for the product. Mm. Okay. And uh, so, is there any other example of uh, like Nikkei, classic Nikkei cuisine? Classic Nikkei, also, we don't serve this yet at the restaurant, but um, Rosita Yamimoto. Yamamoto, I think her last name was, mm. she used to do an octopus with a black olive sauce. Mm. That was mayonnaise-based, the black olive sauce. And she would slice her octopus, very, very thin in tiradito form, and then put the sauce over the top of it. Mm. And the octopus, you don't normally... We'd serve it only as sushi right now, mm-hmm. but we will... Uh, as as the restaurant continues to evolve, we certainly will be adding more right. dishes on. Well, I heard that uh, traditionally octopus is not... 
eaten. Right. In, and, in Peru. Right. Yes. So the in, Japanese taught us how right. to eat the al- eel, another fish. Mm. Even bonito was not uh, used so much as, it was more like catch and release. Oh, picked one up. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. All the fish, all, so many of the fishes that uh, swim in the uh, Pacific Ocean over there mm. that they that they didn't know to use or they would use it differently. Mm. So by having uh, Japanese immigrants, there's another way to utilize the available Absolutely. resources right. in, in the ocean. Sure. Right. That's great. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, by the way, actually, Nobu Matsushita of Nobu, he traveled to Peru Yes. And he created a foundation of Nobu restaurant. Absolutely. Right. So yep. it's, uh, it's speaking of, yeah, that's ba- maybe based on Nikkei cuisine, yes. right? Yes, 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 right. without a doubt. He, when I used to work at Leila, I remember he just came to America, to, excuse me, America, to New York. And I would bring chili peppers from Peru and bring them to him because we were in the same group. Mm. But then it was a lot easier to bring things back. You right. didn't have to hide it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Right. Okay, so uh, let's talk about uh, sensakana. So what's the meaning of sensakana? A thousand fish. Okay. And so it's meant to say the quantity of fish that swims in both the oceans of Japan and Peru. Mm, okay. That's the theory behind the name. Mm. But, but how relevant is uh, fish in Peruvian cuisine? Especially Nikkei cuisine? Have more emphasis on fish? Yes, yes. More emphasis on fish. I mean, Peru it has three different elements. We have the jungle, we have the, the sierra, which is the mountains, mm-hmm. and then we have the um, ocean front. Okay. So, mar. So, we have all different. So, fish, yes, is very prevalent if you're from there. Mm. And then, of course, you know, albaca, if you're up from the mountains and and, uh, if you're from the Amazon. Mm. And so there are all different um, environments that happen in Peru. So, yeah, there is definitely a meat prevalence and then uh, seafood prevalence. Okay. And the Japanese immigrants tend to be concentrated in the ocean side? In the city, yeah. The Um, ocean side, yes. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I'm curious, is there any meat Nikkei cuisine? Yes, of course. You know, we have uh, chicken... Pork, love pork. They have uh, a lot of that is is still very prevalent in the Nikkei cuisine. Mm. It wasn't only just seafood. Okay. Certainly there was meat, but I would say that seafood is much more prevalent. Mm. But the pork dish, what kind of pork dish is it? A lot of pork belly, lots Mm. of pork belly. Not the way we know it today, but certainly just cooked whole and then chopped up. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's the dough. I think it's based on um, Uh, like uh, the pork. Yes, yes. Right. Okay. And uh, so I'm curious how, you know, Sensakana is in New York. And mm-hmm. then, like we said earlier, it's not the same ingredients as you can get. Right. So how do you express, what's your philosophy to express Peruvian Nikki cuisine in New York? We make sure that each menu item has a, has all of the elements in it. You know, Taku would say, oh, this is mucho Peru. You know, he would say taste of flavors of when he traveled on his own in Peru and say, oh, this tastes just like where I was in Peru. Or this is this is a great combination. You'd say he tastes, you know, Japan and Peru in this dish. And so mm. we tried to take dishes that were we had when we traveled and we had when we um, when I grew up or things that he wanted to make from his culture, from, from Japan, mm. and certainly integrate both cultures. Mm. 
Right. I think uh, somebody said uh, Nikkei DNA, Nikkei cuisine DNA is a lime with chili and soy sauce. Yeah. <laughs> is that <laughs> that's true? That's the truth. <laughs> because that's the base of it. There's so many things. It's very difficult when people say, oh, well, we want to have something that's gluten-free. I'm like, stuff because <laughs> we yeah that's that's the base of it absolutely mm, right. and so yeah or when people say oh, i'm allergic to onions I'm like that's gonna be difficult <laughs> sorry to say but yeah right. we do like a salsa criolla that we put on so many things so that acid cuts whatever you're eating mm. the chicken namban our, our chalfar our stir-fried rice dish that's like chahan mm-hmm. and so that acid just cuts right through it and refreshes the palate for the next right well, I have to say, when I tasted uh, a lot of food at uh, Sensakana, nothing was heavy. I think there's a balance between acidity and other yeah, elements. It's, it's very important for there to be. And there, you know, there's calculated ri- rice dishes so that you don't get full. Mm. And so it's, it's great. Right. Okay. So uh, you mentioned uh, like one a signature dish earlier, but um, I was curious. You can maybe explain a kausa onigiri. <laughs> the kausa nigiri. So that was, uh, I love kausa. Kausa is just a potato casserole with, uh, usually, traditionally, we do chicken salad or tuna salad. Mm. And so I thought it would be a really great idea to have it wrapped in nori. Mm. And, and so we made it into a triangle, into an onigiri mold, and to be eaten like that. Mm. Again, to incorporate all of those flavors in uh, the nori with our spicy salmon and spicy crab. Mm, and I really like the texture of uh, the potato, mm-hmm. like silky. Yes, yeah, right? we pass it and pass it so mm. all the lumps are out. So that's the New York way of expression because it's, you know, you could pop it in your mouth and then instead of a casserole. Correct, then, right. right. <laughs> yeah, def- sure, it's our New York expression. I like that saying. Mm. And uh, you also serve a crafted tofu. We make tofu twice a day. Mm, wow. And we chill it and we serve it with fresh shaved bonito. Mm-hmm. And shaved in the restaurant. Shaved in the restaurant, yes. And ahi dashi amarillo, ikura, and avocado. Mm. Sure, that is, that's one of my favorite dishes. Probably right. my lunch go-to. Mm. What about the salchi papas? Salchi papa. We make a sausage, a kurubuta sausage. And, uh, and so traditionally, it's hot dogs fried with the potatoes. Mm. French it's a street food. Yes. And so we had these great uh, kurubuta sausages with small potatoes. And yes, they're fried separately, but we combine them with ahi amarillo butter. Mm. And, and then we serve it with two sauces. One was an ode, mustard, like mm. hot dogs and mustard in my mind. And in Peru, you would get mustard with it. And it's a miso-based mustard. So mm. there's that umami there. Mm. And a green sauce, spicy green sauce, which is cilantro and... Uh, two Peruvian ahis. Mm. It's amazing how naturally those two countries' flavors merge. Amazing. It's just beautiful. And again, in that dish, they have the onions, and that's a perfect example of when you eat the sausage, you, you cleanse your palate with onions. And we cut our onions very thin, like four times a day, mm. and rinse and rinse and rinse, so that way there isn't that your onion overpowering flavor. Mm. I think that's what people get nervous about. And they're like, oh, so many onions. I'm like, just eat them you won't even your, your palate doesn't get that right because they're treated so well mm. so sounds like Nikkei cuisine is still new over only a century old but sure. I think they survived and becoming a tradition it sure, it sure is I think that more and more people are really um, drawn to it 
mm. where they really love Japanese food and they love Peruvian spice. And so this is a great best of both worlds. Mm. Right. And again, it's not, I think it's really, I really like the way, even if I had a lot of food at Sensa Gana, mm-hmm. it's, I, I feel great after that. You yeah. know, it's satisfying and it's not to, you know, you, have to, you didn't have to try to get, get up <laughs> from your chair. <laughs> so that was a beauty of it. And, uh, yeah, so you have a huge restaurant. It's 185 seats. Yes, that yeah. includes our bar, though, as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Times Square. So what kind of people come we visit? We do a lot of business lunch. We do. Uh, we have a very international crowd. We have people that are either about to travel to Peru, which I found very interesting, mm. or people who have just come back from Peru. Interesting. Yes, yes. And a, lo- um, a good crowd. Co- quantity of japanese because we have our our, our taku mm. and so and they have we have for lunch we do a set and so that's very attractive to people in japanese business people because mm. it's quick and you can eat fill get full filled and then you know go on about with your day right so i i would say we have certainly have a good spectrum a wide spectrum of people that come mm. and i definitely feel that's a genuine training in Japanese cuisine it's really you can yeah, it's very prevalent tell. I agree right which is great yeah right. it, it is great it's nice you know and it's nice to see where he tries to where he derives from it it's nice to see him embrace it and I think he gets he's very into it mm. yeah he has uh, he, he would say he would just go back to Peru all the time oh really yeah he really enjoyed oh, it wow. but, but, but did he go before that to no he had never been there until we went there and then he went on his own mm. then we met uh, he met up in Chiclayo with my uh, cousins mm. and then they took him to a couple of other places and he went to Machu Picchu and he traveled all on his own oh wow sounds yeah. like it was his destiny to yes, get yes so interesting <laughs> right <laughs> Okay, so uh, we'll take a quick break here, and then when we come back, we'll talk about uh, why Nikkei cuisine is getting so uh, popular now. So please stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Castor and Pollux, maker of America's number one organic pet food, Organics. You put a lot of care and thought into what you eat. After all, you're a food radio listener. That thoughtfulness goes hand in paw with how you feed your pets. Purposeful pet food doesn't happen by accident. Castor and Pollock scours the earth to carefully select the best organic and responsibly sourced ingredients. New Pristine from Castor and Pollock is the only complete line of pet food made with ingredients that are responsibly raised, caught, or grown. Feed your dog or cat the new standard, like grass-fed beef, wild-caught fish, and vegetables grown without synthetic fertilizers or chemical pesticides. Pristine from Castor and Pollock. Purposeful pet food. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org slash pets. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats broadcasting live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko and my guest today is Mina Newman, the co-executive chef of Sensagana, a beautiful Japanese Peruvian restaurant in Midtown, uh, which opened in July. So, as I said at the beginning of the show, the world top chefs started to feature Nikki cuisine, like uh, Padka uh, by Abel Dardwiel in Barcelona. So why do you think it's happening? I think that the combination of the cuisines is something that people find very attractive. They, they find it to be very flavorful. They find it to be very exciting. There's a lot of boundaries there that get crossed mm. with 
the with both of the cuisines marrying them. You can do so many things, let's say with nigiri and so many things with uh, fresh noodles that we uh, we don't necessarily get to do if we're only a Peruvian restaurant. Mm. Uh, so I think that it's it's really a beautiful cuisine, right? And and it really draws so many people to it because people love Japanese food. They love Peruvian food. And so they really understand what they're, what they're going to get at mm. this point. In, the, in New York, it's, it's a little different. You know, we're innovating something that doesn't exist here. And mm. so like with any other invention or any other thing, any other new coming, it always takes time and it takes work. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure in Barcelona it was the same. It's like, what is this? You know, thank thank goodness for these chefs that have been doing it around the world that make it a little easier for us here in New York. Right. Well, we so yeah. that's the name too. <laughs> right. Well, like you said, I think uh, you know the Japanese cuisine has been popular mm-hmm. all over the world now. Sure. So there's a foundation, and what's beyond sushi and ramen? Sure. And now there you go, Nikkei cuisine. And there's something interesting and approachable. And at the same time, Peruvian cuisine is getting big attention. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. The culture, the, the country itself, it's the, the depthness of what happens in Peru, of what uh, the culture has been and the growth mm. throughout the years has really gained people's attention. Right. Do you think, uh, you know, maybe when you travel or, you know, you, you feel for three relatives, but Peruvian cuisine, people didn't have that much pride like they, they do now? Absolutely. I feel that people just felt like it was comida criolla, something that was just the country food, things that mm. people cooked at home, never elevated to such a different level. Interesting. Anybody to find, you know, the top restaurant in Actually, my dough is the top restaurant in Latin America. Mm. And so that is such a gift, such a big, um, something to be proud of as a Peruvian. Mm. And I always refer back to, albeit that our Peruvian chicken is delicious. However, many people have that concept that that's all it is. Mm. And green sauce. and But it's it, there's a plethora more of Peruvian cuisine. Okay. Yeah, I, I read an article about how, you know, the third or fourth generation now of Nikkei, mm-hmm. you know, Japanese yes. immigrants. So they're still young and they started to see all those surge of Peruvian cuisines, you know, level. Sure. And they're motivated. What can I do? And now this is the way to express my own identity in Peru. And then they started to make more Peruvian, new style Peruvian restaurants. Absolutely. Even Peruvians that I, I know. They, it, I just thought that they were Peruvian. I'd say, where, where are you from? She'd say, oh, well, my, you know, my grandmother was Japanese. Mm. Say, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's really wonderful. Mm. So by the way, have you been to Maido? I, we went to Maido, yes. Mm. How was the, the food the ex- like? Exciting, just fantastic. It was really great. It was, uh, the food, the fish was very fresh. The dishes were very creative, and they hit all those notes that I know taco and I always try to hit. Mm. You know, it was very um, concise. It was every dish was very well thought out. Each single element of the dish. He has he has a pork belly there. Mm. It's cooked for thirty six hours in sous vide, and it was just beyond incredible. Melting mm. your mouth. It was really wonderful. The sushi was fantastic and very creative. And so those are similar elements that we try to mm. hit in our restaurant. So creative in the sense that it doesn't look like um, home cooking. Exactly. Mm. Definitely not. I'm sure that 
the home cooking that he had wasn't what he puts out at his restaurant. Okay. Yeah, because I, I was looking at uh, some pictures of mm-hmm. his uh, was, I really like, wanted to try. For instance, like beef nigiri topped with uh, quail egg. Yes. But quail egg is not just a quail egg, but uh, egg white is replaced with a pond sauce. Mm-hmm. So he just extra- extracted some pond soap and then removed the egg white and put it back with, it, with uh, I think, the pond sauce. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I rem- We had, while we were there, that one, the... Um, the beef with the egg on top, which is an ode to how we eat. Mm. That's like the interpretation of viste a lo pobre. Okay. And, uh, but I didn't have it with the egg white and ponzu. Mm. Ours was just the white. Okay. So it sounds like he really maintains the basic yes. form of mm-hmm. traditional Caribbean Nikkei cuisine, but then makes it to give you a new idea of... Absolutely. Like, yeah, that's a great way to think about it. Mm. It reminds me similarly of a dish that we have at the restaurant. That is uh, an oyakodon, a very traditional mm. you know, home food of Jap- in Japan. But mm, oyakodon is uh, basically, oyako means parent and kid. Mm-hmm. And then the chicken is the mother and egg is the Correct. Ki- kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> so oyakodon <laughs> on the bowl. <laughs> exactly. Right. So we do it with uh, grilled chicken and then we serve it over green rice, which is the way my mother would make chicken and rice. Mm. And so that's a very definitive meat cake uh, food. Mm. So, what kind of people dining at uh, Maido? <laughs> um, very upscale people dine at Maido. Mm, global, yeah, sure. Oh, very global people who are going through their their food list, who travel the world just to eat at the best restaurants. Mm. Those are the type of people eating at Maido, right. and certainly a, a tremendous business crowd. And everybody in Peru is a food person, mm. so they all know the. This is the best here. This is the best there. Right. Yeah, everybody in Peru loves their food, loves their cuisine. It's mm, so maybe very this patriotic. is really a new era for Nikkei cuisine. Absolutely, yes. I mean, Maido himself, Michura, is he's young as well. Right. So it, it's nice to see the up and coming. It's really mm. great. It's really fantastic to find Peruvian food hitting its mark, right. and especially in this way. Okay, hopefully he can join us. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully it would be wonderful. Right. Okay, so um, so any Nikkei restaurants that we should visit Peru to try Nikkei cuisine? Absolutely need to try my dog, but I really enjoy Costanera 700 and Fiesta. Okay. Costanera does their own, uh, they have a scallop, scallop farm in the uh, restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so when they open the scallops for you, they're live and pulsing. Wow. The table, amazing, just really incredible. Mm. Um, and the chef is uh, Peruvian and Japanese. It's the second, right? It's his the children now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. So is it a high end, fancy place? It's not as high end as my dough, but it certainly is. High. It's in a hotel. Mm. Yes, it's set back from a hotel. Right. It's it's really beautiful. You know, I, you can see the second generation with the influences in the liquor and the cocktail, mm. and how they have infused all these piscos with different uh, flavors. Mm. Whereas usually it would just be a pisco sour. Right. So with, that's the Costanera. Yeah, and Osaka is another fantastic restaurant. Osaka. Osaka, yes. So is this um, another modern version of Another, Nikkei? very modern, yes. I would say Maido is the mo- most modern, and then I would say Osaka is much more of a um, traditional Japanese Peruvian fusion. Mm, are there new restaurants? No, Maido has been around, I'm sorry, Osaka has been around for, I would say at least 
10 years. Mm, right. So there's a new wave of Nikkei. Right. Yes. Even outside of Peru, in Chile, mm. I know that um, Osaka has opened another restaurant in Chile. Interesting. Yes, Colombia. Wow. And I think actually uh, um, Tsumura-san of uh, Maido, he's expanding to um, different areas, mm-hmm. right? Like Macau and also Chile. So Nikkei. Nikkei, Nikkei. boom. <laughs> Nikkei <laughs> boom all over. Right. Yeah, London. Oh, yeah? Yes. Wow. So... Um, so what, what do you think, um, what's the future of uh, Nikkei cuisine, you think? Well, the future of Nikkei cuisine is mm. more Nikkei restaurants. <laughs> Certainly not so high-end, I would say. I would say a lot more casual and approachable for more of a, a, a larger crowd. Mm. And certainly uh, more single single items. So maybe it is a Namban place that's, you know, the quinoa-crusted one, or maybe it's, you know, singular concept focus versus the whole cuisine you know, mm-hmm. pulling out one or two elements of the cuisine and making that the restaurant focus mm, right so as far as it's based on the dna exactly right. as long as it hits every element right so acidity and then spiciness and the absolutely <laughs> right and focus and, and rigor because mm. if you do one thing and you do it really well right well, I think sounds like the flavor profile of uh, Nikkei cuisine tend to be more comforting, mm-hmm. and uh, there's nothing, you know, edgy. Right. More like a natural sure. flavor combination, right? Yeah, not not necessarily a fusion. More mm. of a merger. Right. Just, right. One one encapsulates each other. Mm-hmm. They just flow. Right. Well, that's why it survived for over a century now. Sure. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Right. So. And the continuing evolution of it. Mm Because what's more interesting as ingredients, as we learn to cook different ways and reinvent, continuously to reinvent, we all have to go through an evolution. Mm. And that's what Nikkei has started. It is evolving and constantly evolving. Right. Actually, uh, Mitsuharu-san over Maido, I think he spent time in uh, Japanese kitchen in Japan too, to train. So, Uh. yeah, that means like... That's generation absorbing more ingredients sure. from Japan, new Absolutely. cooking techniques. Mm-hmm. So that's another new generation of Nikkei cuisine. Yeah, I think he went to school here mm. and then he went back to Peru. Okay, right. Okay, so let's see what's going to happen. Let's see. Let's see. It's very exciting. Sure. Right. Yep. Okay, so what's your plan? Oh, my plan is to continue to evolve Sensakana. Mm. Create, tweak, create, tweak, repeat, repeat. Right. <laughs> yep. And you go to Japan maybe and then go to... Oh, I'll go to Japan and then back to Peru. Mm. And, you know, we have to find the time. Right. Well, it's fun to create a new generation of Peruvian cuisine. Yes. Right. Yeah, it certainly is fun. Mm. So good luck. Thank you very much. Okay. So, uh, um, well, I'll just say hi to Taku too. And then the next time you can join together. That would be wonderful. I will. Right. Okay, so listeners, if you'd like to know more about Mina and Tax Restaurant, please go to sensakana.com. That's S-E-N-S-A-K-A-N-A, sensakana.com. And if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for guests or topics of the show, please contact us at japanneeds at heritageradionetwork.org. And Japan Needs is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays and always available at heritageradionetwork.org and iTunes and Stitcher as a podcast. And our engineer today is a bit of harsh. And thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. 
food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.